All right, welcome to Manitoulin Island. We are at Kids Camp, We've been studying Ruth, and now we're going to talk about godly love. I'm currently sitting in a room with 30 teenagers. We've been studying Ruth. Today, we've been learning about a life lesson, godly love. And we have, we're gonna ask a bunch of questions, and we're gonna have some of our teenagers answer those questions. We'll see how it goes. Um, our first guest is JJ. JJ, how are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Awesome. So I, I've got a question for you. We're talking about godly love. The world says love is compromise, or compromise is love. What do you have to say about that? Well, the op opposite to love is hate, and you can't hate and love something at the same time. You can't if something's bad, you you gotta choose one or the other, and you really just really just can't do that. So in uh, Romans twelve verse nineteen, it says that you have to um, you have to choose one, and you can't just say that both loving and hating are the same thing. And it's fine if you just love or hate both. So would you say there's a place for love in your life and a place for hating evil in your life? Yes. Absolutely. Sometimes the world says, hey, you can, you can love even if this thing is evil, right? And um, you'll see that the world starts compromising and it's, it's making light darkness and darkness light. God says love is very important, but one of my qualities as well is to hate evil. All right, JJ, that's really helpful. Follow-up question for you. What are we to love and what are we not to love then? Um, it says very, very clearly in Amos 5.15 that you're supposed to love good and hate evil. Like, extremely clearly. First four words in the entire verse. It says the, that exact thing. Fantastic. So, very clear and simple for us. There are things that we are to love. That's the goodness of God. And things that we hate. Evil. Things which oppose God. Okay, I have a question now for Riley. Riley, what is the source of love and how do we know? Well, in 1 John 4 verse 7, we see that love is of God and that if someone does not love, they do not love God because also I saw that in verse 9 and 10, love was, God loved so much that he sent Jesus to be the propitiation of our sins. Okay, propitiation for our sins. Does anybody know what that means? Anybody listening? Do you want to call it what propitiation means? Nobody? Nobody? Propitiation means sign about mercy seat. So it's where we can be forgiven for our sins. And the Lord Jesus Christ was a sacrifice. And, and we look to him to see that example of love. So Riley, one more time. What, what's the source of love? God, exactly right. God is the source of love, and we can look to God who is love, and he's, he's shown us how we ought to love one another. Okay, let's move on to the next question, because we now want to figure out how is love shown? And Serenity, do you, do you have that answer for us? Yeah. Um, in 2 John 6, it says we can show love by walking according to his commands. In addition, John 3 verse 18 says we can show love through our truth and actions. So we must show our love by walking according to his commands with love and truth. All right. 
I think that's nice and clear how you put it, right? It's not just things that we say. I think you use the word actions, right? So it's things that we do. Love is shown and it's demonstrated by our walk and our way of life. All right, let's, let's move on to the next question. What does this mean practically for us? Ella, what do you have for us? Ephesians 5 verse 2 says to walk in love as Christ has loved us. How can we do this practically in our life? Some ideas we came up with is to love our friends as Christ has loved us. We need to sacrifice things for our friends and think of others before ourselves. With the love Christ has loved us, we need to love our friends. Awesome. You, you made that very practical for us. It's very much how we're working with each other. I think you brought up friends a couple of times. So it's how we interact with each other, with our friends, um, with other people in our lives. Now, sometimes we could be hypocritical with our love. Micah, do you think we could be hypocritical with our love? Yes. First John 4, verse 20, I'm going to summarize it real quick. If a man says he loves God, but not his brother, he is a hypocrite. Because we show our love to God by loving our brothers and sisters in the truth. We don't have a face-to-face -face relationship with God. Some examples would be me saying, I love God, but treating others nasty. James 2, verse 22 really ties into this well. Thank you, Micah. Ex excellent answer. Um, now we'll move on to the next question. We have Josie here for the next question. Can you give us a real life example of where love can be shown, say, in your ecclesia or a meeting? Yeah, little children can be difficult to take care of, all of like a lot of the time, especially during meeting or Bible classes. The sisters and brothers who sit in the back just in case the kid acts out also make incredible sacrifices. They are amazing examples of godly love. Okay, thank you for that. So we could give all sorts of examples, right? Josie's picked an example of those who are helping the younger children at the back of the meeting, maybe so that others can listen to the talk, right? Okay, so these last two questions are really, really important. The world says the God of the Old Testament, uh, he's not really a God of love. The God of the New Testament is. We want to show, actually, that this theme of love goes throughout the entire scripture. So our next question um, falls to Jacob Alexander, and it's, is love just in the New Testament of the Bible, Jacob? Well, I would argue that no, it is not. Leviticus 19 verse 18 says, love your neighbor as yourself. This is quoted in Mark 12 verses 30 to 31 by Jesus Christ, which proves that he didn't make it up on the spot. Another example is 1 Samuel 18 verse 1 which is the bond between Jonathan and David. This says Jonathan loved him as his own soul. This point gives evidence that love isn't through a certain time period, but through all. I conclude that both Testaments have love. Good conclusion. I love what you did there, Jacob. You see what I just did there by saying love? No, okay. <laughs> yeah, there we go, there we go. Right. So you, you brought out an example of um, from the law, showing that love is built right into the law, and then you actually use an example where love is demonstrated in Jonathan's life. Excellent. Okay, we're going to go to our last question now. Um, our last question is, going to that passage in the law, Leviticus 19, we're going to ask you, Ben, what else sits in the context of, of Leviticus 19 that helps us define what love is? In Leviticus 19, it says about love and things that you shouldn't do. You shouldn't curse the deaf, 
or put a stumbling block in front of the blind. You shall not bear a grudge. And it also says that you should love your neighbor as thyself. This is the first and greatest commandment that Jesus brings up. And maybe you won't actually put a stumbling block in front of the blind or curse the deaf, but you might not take care of them or act unkindly to them. All right. Thank you for that. I think you bringing up those examples that are straight from the law, Leviticus 19, shows us that love is built into the Old Testament. Would you agree with that, Ben? Yeah. Absolutely. So the, the God that we worship is consistent from Genesis to Revelation. And as you said, the Lord Jesus Christ quoted Leviticus 19 to show, look, this is, this is the most important commandment. You're going to love God and you're going to love your neighbor. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me on this MHT podcast, Godly Love, here, Manitoulin Island, largest freshwater island in the world. We've had a great week here at Kids Camp. Can everybody who's been listening to this podcast thank those who participated? Thank you. Awesome. So... This was really helpful to learn about our creator and to remember him now. Of, to, and through. Three seemingly insignificant words, and yet these three words hold the key to the entire purpose of God, found in a very special verse. And this will be the subject of our next episode, along with an interview with a student on the tarantula hawk wasp. All this next time on Remember Now, Thy Creator Podcasts.